Welcome to the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah, brought to you by FedByRavensMedia.com. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell, talking about strong mental health and especially about being aware. You know, that's the one big thing that I love to promote is awareness. So we can all have new ideas or perspectives to talk about the issues of what it means to go through this life together. June 28th, headline in the Utah Deseret News, Donovan Mitchell says he wants to address critical race theory with Utah lawmakers. Now, Donovan Mitchell is a member of the new NBA's Social Justice Coalition, right? So when you're involved in a coalition, of course, there's calls to action. And I suspect that's one of his call to action right now is to talk about these things with their uh, local legislators. And so, of course, a headline like this is going to bring about more discussion on critical race theory, which I did not suspect was going away anytime soon. So in May, I had done a previous show back in May discussing the Utah legislature's resolutions on critical race theory. And I talked about, you know, what the definitions of the theory were, why people were maybe confused about it on both sides of the aisle. I tried to look at the perspectives from both sides, you know, people were who were proponents of critical race theory versus those who are opposed to it. I talked about personal story and I talked about how it affects our mental health and what we can do about it. Because of course I do want to focus on how does this affect us in terms of strong mental health, relationships, communication, all those good things that help keep us working together as people. Um, Because it's a hot topic today, I wanted to talk about it again. It's a hot topic, and I think it's going to get even hotter with school starting just around the corner. So today, I've invited a guest to come on the show to talk about her experience and involvement with critical race theory in the schools. Now, I love her story because I'm passionate about everyday citizens paying attention and then doing something about it to have your voice heard. Um, Andrea Stringfellow is a parent in Davis County School District in Utah. And I first met Andrea Andrea when she gave countless hours to the successful 2019 tax referendum effort. Um, And so then, you know, we've talked just once about the critical race theory. uh, I think it was back in May, maybe it was April, um, talking about it and um, some of the confusion surrounding it, but also the concerns, the great concerns about having and introducing critical race theory in the school system. So before I bring her on, though, I want to give just a little bit more background to critical race theory for those audience members that may not be as familiar with critical race theory, because there is a lot of confusion and certainly debate and the digging in of heels on social media regarding critical race theory right now. So I think it might be helpful because quite frankly, I think a lot of people get very opinionated on social media and I don't think they've done a lot of the background. I don't think they've done reading the history of critical race theory, reading the tenets of the theory, what a theory even means, right? I think that some people believe a theory is out there and that means it's fact, right? Or they think they hear the words, well, it's academic. And so therefore it is true. Well, 
I'm here to tell you I'm in academia and we use theories to help us analyze phenomenon in the world. That's what theories are. They're used to help us analyze, but they don't mean that they're completely factual and truthful all the time. And academics, quite honestly, debate and argue over theories. And really, every day you can go to any academics and they're writing and publishing papers back and forth, arguing theories. Okay. So they don't always agree on theories. And I want the public to know just because academics have written something and call it a theory does not necessarily mean it's based on fact all the time. It's a theoretical premise from which to approach talking about phenomenon. That means we should all still be able to have debates about it. We should all still be able to pick it apart, take the usefulness of it, hopefully drop the pieces that maybe aren't useful. I'm a big fan of that. But what I'm noticing in social media is people digging in their heels, both sides, and really not understanding what critical race theory is. So I encourage you as audience members to do a little more digging, regardless of how you feel about it. Look at it so much more deeply, all of the tenets of it, so that you have an educated response to propose what it is that you believe. Furthermore, I thought it might be important just to read because I've noticed a lot of people talking about the resolution that the state, the Utah state legislature passed. And this is even at the national level where they are quoting different states being against critical race theory, etc. I think it might be helpful because it's short enough to just read for the audience members to hear exactly what the resolution stated by the Utah state legislature. So just going to read it word for word right now. Whereas educating students in Utah's public education system on history, civil rights, racism, and the negative impacts racism has had throughout history is necessary and should be done in a thoughtful, historically accurate, and appropriate manner. Whereas some concepts contained in critical race theory degrade important societal values and if introduced in classrooms, would harm students learning in the public education system. Whereas Utah State Board of Education has the statutory responsibility to establish rules and minimum standards for the public schools, including curriculum and instruction requirements. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the House of Representatives, and I will state here that the Senate passed the same resolution, strongly recommends that the Utah State Board of Education review standards for curriculum and ensure that the following concepts are not included in the curriculum standards. That race is inherently superior or inferior to another race. That I should, I said I missed one word there. That one race is inherently superior or inferior to another race. That an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment because of the individual's race, or that an individual's moral character is determined by the individual's race. Be it further resolved that the House of Representatives strongly recommends that no training or training material that the Utah State Board of Education or local education agency provides include the concepts described in the preceding paragraph. Be it further resolved that the Utah State Board of Education report back to the Education Interim Committee regarding the board's progress related to this resolution. End. End of reading. So for now, Utah State School Board has adopted the tenets of this resolution. 
you should know that Heidi Matthews, the president of the UEA, is against this resolution and the adoption of it by the Utah State School Board. She said it's not just unnecessary policy, but bad policy. So from what I've witnessed, um, well, the National Education Association, so the National Teachers Union, has adopted, formally adopted critical race theory as um, what should be taught in the schools, the public schools across the United States of America. Um, Kind of concerning, our teachers probably, many of them don't agree with it, and yet they're paying into these teachers unions. And so it's the time, I think, for a lot of these teachers to reconsider, do I really want to be paying into the Utah Education Association? Do I want to be paying these teachers unions to dictate that I have to teach something that I'm not comfortable with? Kind of a side note, right? Um, So efforts right now throughout the state of Utah, and I suspect other states, are very strongly becoming organized in a concerted effort to push for critical race theory in the schools. And from what I've witnessed on social media, this concerted effort is there trolling Zoom meetings, forums, anytime something is written by uh, whether it's a member of Congress, member of the state legislature, and they have a lot of the same, very same tactics. That's why I know it's a concerted effort. I've watched them completely take over different um, live forums on social media and harassing them. In my opinion, it's just flat out bullying. I feel like they are social media, media bullies. And I just don't think that's the appropriate way to get your message across to people. So I want to have the discussion for why people are in favor of critical race theory versus why they're not in favor of critical race theory to see if we can develop something that is very helpful moving forward. That's what I'm about. Now, I'm a big believer in having and talked with the guests that I'm going to be bringing on after the break is that. Um, and, and I believe that she agrees that she comes with a unique perspective in that she has children that are mixed race and she's concerned about the mental health of her children going through being taught critical race theory. So I'm excited to talk to her about it after the break. You are listening to the Dr. Marcy show on the path forward, Utah. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah. Again, want to mention, brought to you by FedByRavensMedia.com. You can find us uh, live streaming 10 and then again at 3 o'clock on Wednesdays is the Dr. Marcy Show. I am part of the Path Forward Utah which I feel is a great honor for me to be contributing just a little bit about my expertise with mental health and how we can move forward. Um, But on other days, Monday through Friday, we get a host of fantastic hosts, actually, who come from a wide and diverse range of experience and professionalism, talking about how it is that we can move forward in the state of Utah with uh, conservative principles 
and recognizing that the conservative voice has been squashed in many respects and perhaps um, opening the conservative eyes to things that we maybe didn't already know or understand. So I feel honored to be part of the Path Forward group, honored to be on Fed by Mavens Media.com. Today, I'm very excited to have my guest on, Andrea Stringfellow, who's had quite, a, um, I think, an important and relevant citizen experience as a parent in Davis County School District with critical race theory. So please, um, please welcome this great guest, Andrea, to the show. Welcome, Andrea. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Could you just um, uh, explain to my audience how you got involved in the critical race theory debate or what your experience was with it? Well, you know, I would say this happened. I mean, I, I guess it was when I started getting involved was um, last summer. Right. We had the riots that happened downtown and immediately the day after um I looked at my husband and I said, like, we need to go down there and we need to go help clean up. And so we took our kids. We have five kids. Um, we took our kids and we went down there and we clean, helped clean um, the city. And I'll tell you, like, there was people of all ages, races, ethnicities, they're doing it too. You know, and that's what was so awesome. It was awesome to see people who are black, brown, white, you know, men, women, children coming together to with one thing, with one common goal, which was to clean up our city, to have pride in our city. And so um, after that, I when before school started, I reached out to my kids' schools and their administrators. Um, also at this time, you know, we're having new terms being used. Um, you know, I, with, with BLM going on, um, it just, it really kind of was worrisome for me. And especially as a mother of children of color, I, it was, it was worrisome to me because I didn't want to put my children in, in a harmful situation. And so I reached out to our kids, my kids' schools. I talked to his teachers, I talked to administrators and I reached out to the district and it was there when um, one of the district, like the school directors, she said she had advised I become a part of the our school district's edu or, uh, equity committee, um, parent committee, on the, become on the e equity parent equity committee. Sorry about that. So um, I had I didn't even know that that was a thing to be honest, and she. Um, referred me and I that's how I became on our school district's equity committee um shortly after school started we had these meetings um unfortunately due to COVID um we were only meeting about once a quarter where normally they actually are supposed to be meeting once a month but um with COVID happening they were only doing it once a quarter so we did not have as many meetings um as normal but in our meeting, right off the bat, they had talked about this pilot program that they were wanting to implement in our school district. And it was an anti-bias uh, curriculum. 
And so is that I how was, they framed it? It was called an anti-bias curriculum, right? Um, correct. It wasn't framed critical race theory. No, right? no, no, okay. no, no. Um, it was just the and it was just called the anti-bias. And it, it was the program that they were that our school district had created and they were going to start piloting it. I was really interested to learn more about it. I wanted to before. I mean, I couldn't make a decision whether it was good or not, because I needed to learn more about it and I wanted to hear more about it. Um, unfortunately, and, and, and I think it was actually, sorry, going back. So at that meeting, I, I had asked the question, um, if this was a, something that was being taught in a certain time and is it something that parents might be able to opt their children out of? If so, and it was then when we were told, no, it, it's built into the curriculum. So there's not a set time where it is being taught. And so that would make it so that parents wouldn't be able to have the option to opt out. But again, I was still, I still wanted to hear more before I made any decision as far as good or bad. But um, I, at the next meeting, uh, we had already started piloting it and in January. And so then I felt, I was like, well, so much for asking more questions. I'm finding out more about it. Right. I really, I was really hopeful to, to find out more about it, but they had already started piloting it. It was then when I had reached out to people in our community, community, just asking. And, and I was specifically asking people of color and those with children of color or different races and ethnicities, because I really wanted to hear um, your in, their input, because I, I mean, I know where I stand, but I wanted to hear, maybe I'm the only one that's of color that really does not agree with, with some of the ideologies being pushed at, the, at that time. And so I really wanted to reach out and hear more from the community. And I wanted to be I wanted, I wanted to be unbiased. I really wanted to hear all sides. And so I, I met, I've now created relationships with these parents that I have met through this um, whole process. And I spoke with parents, I, you know, parents telling me things that are happening at their school where it is being piloted in their school and, and their children that are coming home in tears, you know, and, and so anyways, then it was like, okay, we need to see this actual, this program. And so I reached out to our board director and I, and I asked, um, because parents are saying we, we want to see it, but we can't, we've asked to see it and they're not letting us come in and see it. So, so let me just ask that question right there. Parents whose children were put in the pilot program wanted to see and have access to what the program was or the curriculum was, and they were informed they could not see what their children were being taught in the pilot program. Is that what you're saying? Um, so what it is, is it was, they were sent outlines of the curriculum okay and but not the actual information not the slides not the not powerpoint us, slides not the, exactly not videos right. they were so the missing outlines. the meat of it right okay so so they were giving some and and that's that was kind of the district saying oh here you go here it is and that that should suffice them right but mm -hmm. it it wasn't and so that's where i i said i will 
I'll come in. I, you know, I'll ask to see it. I want to see it. It was, it was without, I mean, it took a lot for me to be able to come in and see it. It was, um, with it much was difficult. They yes, didn't want you much, to come and see it. Exactly. Much As opposition. a committee member of the district's equity committee, they were giving you pushback to be able to see it. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Um, at first I was able, they, they did say, okay, well you, you can come see it, but it's going to have to be over time. It's not going to be just a one-time sit-down thing. Um, okay, so there was pushback, but they allowed some of it. I'm, we're going to have to take a little break right here. Yeah. But on the other side, we'll find out what it is that you learned about what was being taught. You're listening to The Dr. Marcy Show on The Path Forward Utah through fedbyravensmedia.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell talking today with Andrea Stringfellow, a parent um, to students in the Davis County School District. She was on the uh, Davis County's Parent Equity Committee and through that process and quite frankly, her um, as a citizen being aware at various different levels, um, really started digging a little bit deeper into what was being taught in the pilot programs put forth through the Davis County School District. So I'm just going to let her continue with her story. We ended on um, how difficult it was to get access to watch these teachers giving the information or teaching in the schools the information in this pilot program. And also, I mean, it sounds like if you asked, you received an outline, but not necessarily the information, the full information that was being taught to the students. But it's my understanding that you pushed a little bit deeper and you were able to see a little bit more about what was being taught. So what are some of the things that you were concerned about that you witnessed? Sure. So, yeah. So once I was able to, um, after the runaround, um, I was finally able to come in and view the curriculum. I viewed the curriculum for six to eight weeks of the secondary um, anti-bias curriculum. Now, at this point, I should mention um, the they had to change the name. They had to they had to do something to soften the name. And so in in doing that, they were able to change it and add um, that these lessons are called building community lessons. So it's anti-bias curriculum under that is the is the building community lessons. So when you hear that as a parent, oh, it's building community lessons, you don't you don't raise a brow, right? Like I think I think we just oh, that sounds nice, you know. So it's masterful. Anyways. I've I've had yeah, I've had a, a podcast on just language and the terminology that are used and how things can get twisted with language and they're becoming masterful at the PR campaign of language, making everything sound really fluffy when underneath it's a completely different it's a completely different ecosystem, so to speak. It's a it's could be an ocean raging under the building communities, right? So right. thank you for bringing that up. Okay, continue. Sorry. So so um now these building community lessons were integrated into our SEL um 
program, which SEL is their social emotional learning program, which schools, especially in our district, I think all the schools are teaching um, social emotional learning, but now they're implementing these building community lessons into the social emotional learning. So when I'm there, I, I went in each week um, with my little three-year-old by my side and I viewed the curriculum I, as if I was the student. So I saw the slides, I saw the YouTube links, I saw the Nearpods, the handouts. I saw exactly what our children were seeing. Um, I believe some of it had I, I, I can see the intent, like the, the good intent on some of the things. I, but there was parts of it that I found that were harmful and unhealthy for our children. And there are parts of it where, and this is where I believe CRT comes into play, is, or the ideology comes into play, is that where we, there was parts of it in, in, this, uh, in these lessons where they did point out certain races as being a part of the problem and and I had a problem with that and I felt like that there was other things in the curriculum where we're always looking for reasons to we were always putting our children in situations of to find ways they were discriminated against think you know find ways that you have been untreated unfairly and and I I get what they're trying to do but at the same time that is not a healthy way to treat or to teach our children to be more aware. And so um, that those were, I mean, those were some of the examples that were in the curriculum. So find ways, figure out ways where you've been mistreated, figure out ways where you've been biased against, or is that what, is that what you're saying? Like they're supposed to develop and remember all the ways that they can pinpoint in their life that they've been mistreated in terms of racism. In terms of, oh yes. I'm sorry. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. so first it will like define, right. It will define identity. What is identity? It's race, it's ethnicity, it's religion, it's socioeconomic status. It's, um, sexual orientation it's gender you know there's there's a list of them right and then they want the kids to okay when has your identity been discriminated against right but that's not all that makes up our identity it's not just that you know and and then the other thing is like some of these lessons it's they put our children in situations where it's like okay look at these look at these photos what what can you tell about these people in these photos and then the lesson goes on to talk about how you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be biased and that's wrong to be biased. But after they put our children in the situation, telling you just told their children to, to tell you what their, these people's story is based off of their picture. And then you, you tell them that how wrong that is, that they, that they shouldn't do that. So they shouldn't do exactly what we just taught them to do. Exactly. And so I'm a like, little confusing. So okay. contradicting, so mm-hmm. contradicting. Mm-hmm. And again, I, that's where I say it's unhealthy. Right. And then there was a test question. I think a lot of times people aren't considering the fact that children are being tested on it as well. Right. There's a test question that you mentioned to me, something in regards to what is the definition of a click? Yes. So um, now they don't do tests. They just have a, um, oh, off the top of my head, I can't remember what it's called, but. So maybe not grade, like maybe the grade's assignment. not on it, they but have, assignments. Okay. They have assignments. Yes. 
And, um, but one of the things that I found really concerning was, yeah, it, it defined, it talked about clicks and it defined what a click was, right? Click is, and their example was a small group of people who are unfriendly to others. Okay. Well, then it goes on to give examples of what that a click is. And mm-hmm. I don't believe any of these should be used because I believe that puts our, any of those groups in a position of being bullied. We're, we're already singling out people in these groups, but it was, they did say in that it was all white girls, meaning all white girls are an example of a click, but you already defined what a click was. You would define that they were unfriendly to others. So mm-hmm. what is so whether intended do? or whether intended or not, they are producing bias and hostility feelings via this assignment. They're yes. pointing out, we don't agree with this race or this type of a group of identity or this type. We only agree with this type of a group of identity or this race, et cetera. So they are creating through this curriculum that's supposed to be non-biased. We're supposed to be teaching us not to be biased. They're creating new biases. They're creating new ways to be biased against groups that previously maybe weren't biased against or groups that they disagree with or for whatever reason. And it is, they don't even see the hypocrisy of it because I agree that I think a lot of times they think they're doing the right thing, but there's not enough of a balance of a voice to say, Hey, have you considered that what you're actually teaching is bias, right? They haven't had that. And so my concern is Where are those voices? You have a voice. You've had a voice. Are you able to use your perspective, your awareness to help with future curriculum? Are you able to do that? Right now with with the district? So, okay. So I I agree. It, It created this blame, shame, and guilt. And I don't, I don't like this victimhood versus oppressor right and and that's what i felt like was happening in parts of this program and so eventually it came to the point where i was no longer allowed to come in and view curriculum um i had because they didn't like you having worries about it they didn't want you to come see it and no i don't i don't think that was necessarily it i had encouraged parents don't don't take my word for it Anytime a parent, well, I want to, what did, what did you see? What, you know, what do you think about it? And I would always say, go to the district, ask to watch it or ask to view it, you know? And so I don't know what happened, but it was weird. It was on a Friday. It was okay. Next week we can start the elementary ed of curriculum, uh, of the anti-bias stuff. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I called the next week and it was, I'm sorry, you're no longer allowed to come and view our curriculum. And so I eventually, what ended up happening was I did reach out to our, um, I mean, I had already spoken to our board president, but I had reached out to our, my state board rep and she, she had actually helped me and was in very much support of me being able to come in and be able and see. Yeah. Fantastic. So on the other side of the break, if it's okay with you, can we just talk a little bit about what can you do as the equity committee or then what can parents do? How, how can they be aware as the schools are going to be starting in the fall? How can they be aware of the name changes or whatever's being taught in their classrooms? I, I suspect you know a lot more about it than a lot of us. So we've been talking with Andrea Stringfellow, parent 
advocate extraordinaire that's been paying attention with great awareness on the Path Forward Utah. We'll finish up on the last segment. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show today, talking with Andrea Stringfellow and her ex- state of Utah regarding curriculum that's associated with critical race theory under a different name, a pilot program that she witnessed and what she did as a citizen and as a is forward, which I love it when the regular Joe citizen, quite frankly, like myself was when I started down um, working in the political spectrum in the state of Utah was just me as a regular citizen saying, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? And so I just am a big advocate for the citizen's voice and for the citizens to be aware. So, Andrea, tell, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what happened after the fact that you were no longer able to view the curriculum in Davis County School District. It's my understanding you went to a state school board meeting, a state or Davis County school board meeting. Uh, no, I went to a Davis. Well, I, yeah. Okay. So after I was told no longer I could come in and view, um, it was actually like two days later is May 19th. And um, due to the resolution, the HR 901 um, that was passed, um, our Davis school district stopped all pilot program um, or sorry, stopped all the anti-bias curriculum training for their teachers, as well as the curriculum being taught in the schools. So that that kind of stopped that. Um, I will say, though, after I went to a, our school board meeting and I made a public comment thanking our school board um, for making that decision. And, and this is where I think we can really, something good can come out of this. And and so at that meeting, after I spoke, there was two other ladies that were in support of this anti-bias curriculum. And there was a lot that they said that I completely agreed with. And, and immediately after, I went up to them and just said, thank you for your comments. Thank you for sharing what you, you know, shared. I agree so much with what you said. And even though we may have different opinions, I believe that we can still have respectful conversation and immediately it was, she took my number. We ended up meeting together and going to dinner. And we had a conversation um, for four hours, actually. And we walked away. I mean, I consider them friends. And I just feel like that's what we need. We need to have more conversations. This and, and respectful conversations. We need to be open-minded, right? There was things that I learned from them, and I would hope that they learned from things that they learned from me, but we need to be able to have this conversation and continue this conversation because I do believe there's actually a lot more in common than not. Right, and I, I totally agree with you, and I think especially in terms of the show and strong mental health and relationships, societal interactions, the way we communicate with each other, there's a lot to be learned with that experience that you had in, in being able to have a four-hour conversation at dinner with people who don't see the same as you. Now, I've said in the past, critical race theory brings out a lot of really strong emotions in people, a lot of strong emotions, 
And so for people to be able to sit down and have a four hour dinner and converse and discuss and talk about it, boy, that seems like the good old days, right? Yeah. The good old days of being able to have conversations. You don't have to agree about everything, but you still can walk away saying I'm friends, we're friends. And I see a little bit differently now. And hopefully you see a little bit differently now, but we can still have our differing opinions, maybe come together. And hopefully maybe some people who are the people that write the curriculum can come together and say, hey, let's try to work this out. Let's see these various different perspectives, et cetera, down the road. So I appreciate you sharing that story as well. Again, it's just another aspect and avenue that citizens can be involved, having conversations with people. I call it a higher level conversations with people because it's not so emotional about the way that you think so that we can all broaden our perspectives. I really, really appreciate that. So um, changing gears just a little bit, what can parents do? It's our last segment. I want to give people the ability. What can we do? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think I've had that question from so many parents saying, okay, what can I do? Like so many parents are feel like they're to the point of where do I just pull my children out of school? And, um, cause they feel like that's, that's like the last resort. Right. But thankfully, um, we have, there is a group called Utah parents United and they have, such a great um, website full of so much, so much information and resources for parents. And I would say start there. UtahParentsUnited.com or .org. Do you know? Oh, yeah, it would be. I think it's .com. Okay. No, sorry, UtahParentsUnited.org. I apologize. Okay. So it's utahparentsunited.org. And what it has in there is they have conversation um, cards to have with your children. They have printables. They have um, even videos um, to show your children. Um, they they have what's called, they're actually doing a cool uh, little, like a four or five segment um called like a parent advocacy training actually right now over the summer. And so if you went to their website, you would click on stop co-parenting with the government. And it's a five-part summer education series. I believe they already had one of their um, meetings and it was packed. It was packed. And I think each, each class is like $5 or, or I think it's $15 or something. Anyways, it's very affordable. $15, I think, for the whole session if you do it through for Zoom. Whole. $20 for the whole session if you do it live, yeah. Okay, yes. Or $5 you. a class, yeah. Yes. So um, anyways, it just, it has things on there for parents. It tells, it, it it's kind of, it just walks the parents through, okay, how do you, how do you go to a board meeting? Like, how do you make public comment? Because I didn't know those things. And so it's just... Um, has different resources. It has um, it has better understandings of the issues um, that you can go through. It gives more information on CRT information to teach your family and just the parenting classes and the school board how tos. Right, so you can learn more, find out more, find out what your rights are as a parent. Right, because I think that's the thing is that we as parents have what we have our 
rights and but we don't know exactly how they are what they are and how how can we make that work in our mm-hmm. favor so yeah I and i'm a big advocate of that I, from every level forward down you know school board community councils um county councils up to the state legislatures yeah. like everybody being involved in having a citizen voice in the topic that they're passionate about and being aware of how it is that they can participate in their communities so the communities aren't just thrusting on you what they want you know you get to have a voice you do have rights you do have a voice so i love that i love that people are teaching that quite simply you can you can learn so much even just by joining zoom meetings mm-hmm. at this point zoom classes so Well, and, and they're also good to let you know, like what is happening, what, what's the latest issue. Right. And so, um, the state board, we have their attention right now. So we need to act. We need to, we need masses, not just one person or two people. And it doesn't have to be just parents. You can, it's, it affects everybody in community. So anybody can join, anybody can participate. It doesn't have to be just that you have a child in elementary school. Right. So that's utahparentsunited.org. Correct. Utahparentsunited.org. You can go and find out more about that. I think that's fantastic. So my last question for you, because we've only got one minute, but any idea of what you think should be taught in the schools regarding race? Oh, well, I think I think teaching history in a fact-based way is great. And I think we want more of that. And I think there's this, this thing that, oh, well, if you don't want CRT, then you don't want history to be taught. You don't, you don't want to even talk about racism. And that's not the case at all. Because um, to say racism still doesn't exist is is that that's crazy, right? We Mm -hmm. know it exists, but we can talk talk and teach about it in an inclusive way, right? And there's actually, I don't know if you've heard of 1776 Unites. They have um, a great curriculum and um, great scholars that created that. But anyways, we can do it in an inclusive, loving, uplifting way. And still love our country. Our country doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. perfect, but we can still love the country, right? So... Um, pointing not, out good things, exactly. pointing out bad things. That's exactly that's and we what it learn. means to be alive. Yeah. And we can learn. I agree with you on that. I do think proper history needs to be taught. I also think that more perspective needs to be gleaned on what it's like to be at the lower end of a power differential spectrum. We don't discuss that very often because sometimes they say, well, I've had all these opportunities, so anybody can. And so I do think we still but I don't think it needs to be done through critical race theory. I have investigated it. It is not the path forward in terms of how we should be teaching our children. It teaches bias. It teaches division. My opinion, it teaches racism. So I'm not a big fan of it. I appreciate you as my guest today, Andrea Stringfellow. And I super, super appreciate you being a citizen extraordinaire, having a voice, and most importantly, being aware. Because, as I like to say, please be aware for strong mental health, great relationships, trying to build communities one person at a time. Thank you for having me. 